What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the New Life Podcast. It is your host, James, and I am uh, joined by Nate Katalinich again today, which is fantastic. Uh, today marks the end of the 32nd day of the 75 Heart. We're going to try to go back to doing these one a day now. Things have kind of slowed down a little bit where I definitely have a little bit more of an opportunity to film these every day again, so super pumped for that. Um, today's workout was just a two-hour on the bike and then a 45-minute lift, so nothing too horrendous. Um, we got through it, and now me and Nate are sitting down ready to film podcast. How you doing, brother? Fabulous. Yeah? What's new? Um, had a sick workout on the treadmill day. That was probably the highlight, dude. So, yeah. Speed workout. It's a little cold out. The wind, so disheartening. When you're getting on that track, dude, and you're just like running into it. Just... Yeah. Yeah. feel like a baller. Yeah, that was good though. I did on treadmill. Um, dropped a five thirty mile last one. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Shit. There we go. There we go. This is see that I still had. I read an interesting statistic that like ninety five percent of men can't run a mile under six minutes, which is I mean, it makes sense. It's tough, but you know I got to be in that five percent. Yeah. 10%, no, you're right. Whatever it is. Well, you know, it's funny. I was uh, I was listening to the Jordan Peterson podcast with Joe Rogan today, and they were talking about a number of things. But one of the things they were talking about is, you know, how one of Jordan Peterson's job, one of his jobs back before he kind of got into the keynote speaking and started doing podcasts everywhere, he was on the UN Council for uh, Global Development. And he was talking about how you know, a decade or two ago, the big issue was, you know, how can we stop world hunger? But now the statistic actually is 90% of the people on this planet have enough food um, to keep them alive and keep them healthy. And, you know, it begs the question, you know, what what's the, what's the turnaround on this? And the turnaround is, is that actually more people are now dying from being obese and fat than are from starving to death. <laughs> and I found that ridiculous because, you know, through everything that we're doing on a daily basis, we're really trying to be as healthy as possible. And, um, you know, through my travels as a young kid and getting into my teenage years, you know, we saw a lot of poor places on this planet, but it's very interesting that now we live in a world where everyone has access to food, people neglect it. Um, and we have a ton of obese people in America. And it's honestly kind of sad. It's it's really sad in my opinion. Um, but I don't know. I don't. What do you think of that? Um, well, I think the Western diet is completely fucked. Mm -hmm. um, people eat way too much meat. First off, I think because there's like this weird thing in America where you like eat meat with every meal. I think you have breakfast, like you think like bacon and eggs, and you got your lunch, like you have a sandwich. You have turkey. You got you know what's your cold cut sandwich, whatever. And then dinner, you're eating like. Not saying you're eating a steak dinner every night, but you're eating something with meat, like chicken or pork or whatever. It's like, it just seems, it's too much. You're, like I was reading that book of talking about Eliud Kipchoge, the fastest marathoner in the history of the world. Um, and he was talking about like how in Africa meat is a delicacy because yeah. most of those runners are uh, like poor. Yeah. Dirt poor. And like, so it's interesting too, because you know, they're running like hundreds of miles a week, probably training and they're running fast miles probably 120 140 miles a week mm -hmm. and they're just feeling themselves on uh, like your traditional high carb 
diet and their like indigenous foods that they have. So I think that people should take more of a holistic approach to what they eat. I'm not saying you need to eat like, you know, farm raised and organic everything, but just like, you know, cook yourself balanced meals. Um, try and avoid eating way too much meat, too much sodium, all that. Yeah. And I can't say that I'm like perfect either. Yeah. No, by any means, I'm not, I'm not perfect either. And I think the whole balanced diet thing is extremely important for people to realize, you know, we're, we're constantly getting force fed, you know, all these advertisements for McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Subway, all these places that, you know, have food that is really, really bad for you. And I mean, it's really easy because it's cheap. You can go and get it within five minutes and, you know, it's all high in calories. So you can fill yourself up on, you know, two plain cheeseburgers and a medium fry. But that is literally some of the worst stuff you can be putting in your body. Um, And the Western, the Western diet really consists of, you know, all these toxic foods for you. When it comes to like even the chips and the candy and the chocolate, um, you know, not even the actual like food substance itself, like burgers and, and meat, but you can go even further down and say, man, I'm probably eating too many chips. Um, I mean, the biggest thing you need to realize, like Nate said, is just having a well-balanced diet and realizing what you're putting into your body. And everyone's body is different. Like, you know, mine, I figured out after doing this kind of cleanse and and re, uh, reamping my diet, I realized that the main problem with what I was doing was that I was eating too many, too much greasy and fried food. So when I eliminated that, my gut health was fantastic and I really haven't had any problems since. Um, <clears throat> so eliminating that was big for me. And it's not like I've been ever been obese or I've had problems with weight. It's almost been on the opposite spectrum. I've almost been, you know, too skinny. I haven't been eating enough. So yeah, no, it's just very interesting. And when I was listening to that today in the Jordan Peterson podcast, it just made me think, you know, how much you know, how much advertisements and marketing there is for these, for these companies that, you know, obviously have a very big stronghold in our economy, but are just really, really crappy industries when it comes to the, to the product they're making and people buy into it. So, yeah, it was funny. Uh, actually when I ran my fastest mile, I hadn't eaten meat for six months. Oh really? Yeah. So I was vegetarian at that time, which was, uh, it was it was great. I actually really enjoyed it, and it was something I would probably do again. I probably will do again for sure. Because um, I think partly part of that is because when you eat um, you know high protein foods, your body takes a lot, it burns a lot more calories just digesting it because it it's very um, intensive on like the digestive system. Mm-hmm. But I think for me it was like a placebo effect kind of thing because I just felt physically lighter, even though I weighed less than that in the past. Um, it's just like I could get up and go on a run at any time and feel good. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I've never I've never gone full vegetarian. I've gotten I've gotten close at periods, but you know I just I definitely love my meat, which is uh, unfortunate. I mean, but for me too, I need to be eating as much protein as possible um, to just kind of strengthen the muscle groups that I need to strengthen for the race. Um, you know, I was talking to one of my buddies the other day. Actually, I think actually it was you. Um, and we were talking about how it's important to do, you know, strength training when it comes to, you know, my legs and my shoulders and stuff for not only the swim, but the bike to make sure that I'm not burnt out by the time the run hits. Yeah. I think it is important to, you know, take all this kind of with a grain of salt too, because it's like, you need to do what's best for your body. For me personally, like I'm not a heavy eater 
um, just because I feel better throughout the day when I'm, you know, not just for a huge meal, you know, you feel the food come out. Like, I hate that. I yeah. just cannot do it. So I try and eat lighter meals and just like kind of go throughout the day. I always have that little pang of hunger going. Yeah. Well, that's true too. I never really thought about that. Um, yeah. Cause when you have a big meal, you know, after you have a big meal, you feel really tired and you kind of want to just lay down and do nothing. Um, and you know, I, I'd recommend, I'd recommend having a larger meal during the nighttime, but yeah, in the morning and lunch, I'd have it pretty light. Um, you know, enough to give you some energy for, for the day, but don't do anything too, too big because honestly it would just, like Nate was saying, it would just take longer for your body to process everything and it honestly will burn calories and you'll have less energy. Yeah. And all that blood that's flowing to your gut instead of your head. That's like when you get <clears throat> people eat a big lunch and then they go back to the office or whatever and they're just sitting there and feel like, oh yeah. fuck, like can't do anything. Yeah. Can't think. Just like totally fatigued. Well, yeah. It's for weight, for weight loss guys. I mean like you know, if you're trying to lose weight, it's really just your diet. I mean, you can you can go for an hour walk every day and just eat healthy and clean, and I promise you, um, you'll lose weight. One of my one of my close friends during um, middle school and high school, his name was David, and um, his family his family lived in uh, lived in Mexico on this ranch in Zacatecas, and uh, he'd go over there every summer and spend you know the summer there, so whatever that is, two three months. And you know, during the during the school year, he didn't really eat healthy. Um, you know, I don't want to dog on him, but he definitely was not you know the uh, the pivotal of being a Greek god when it comes to your body. He definitely he definitely had some weight he needed to lose. And every time he went to Mexico for that summer, he came back looking as skinny as me, and it was crazy. And I always asked him like, you know, how he did it. And he was like, honestly, I just ate rice and beans for three months and I sat outside making sure the cattle didn't go into the other, uh, his neighbor's ranch. He's like, that's all I did for three months. And hey, that fucking worked for him and he was able to lose the weight. So, I mean, I think it's uh, 80% your diet, 20%, you know, how much exposure you're getting to working out. And that, that, that honestly, I think is universal. That could go for anybody. But the aspect of the diet itself, like Nate said, you gotta take that with a grain of salt because your body is different than the next person. <clears throat> yeah, the one thing that I did want to talk about is um, what was it? The uh, damn, lost my train of thought. Let it come back to me. But yeah. I'll talk about the uh, blue zones if you haven't heard of those. There's like the nine blue zones in the whole world. It might be seven. I'm not sure. Okay. So the blue zones are like these uh, areas in the world they identified um, that have the healthiest humans and they live the longest. There's one in California. I know Okinawa, Japan is one. Crete, the island of Crete is also another. <clears throat> what is that? Italy, Greece? Yeah, it's right off the southern coast of Greece. Yeah. The one thing they notice though, they all share in common is that they eat a lot of, uh, there's like seven things that are staples of their diet. So the protein they do eat is tends to be very light. So it's a lot of seafood. Um, chicken, they always eat eggs, nuts, um, wine is one, like white wine. Because white wine in small doses is, you know, beneficial. Yep. Same with red. They have a very high intake of vegetables, stuff like fruits and vegetables. Um, and the other thing that was curious, I was curious about is that they, uh, none of these people exercise regularly. And I think that people kind of get that misconstrued that, you know, for the longest time, 
No, people like didn't exercise. You think about in the 1950s, like there weren't gyms everywhere. Oh, it wasn't yeah. even a thing. Yeah. But these people, <clears throat> they uh, do what they call like worker size. So they have jobs where they're like always kind of working out. Maybe their heart rate never goes over like 120, right? But like in Japan, for example, like fishing is a huge industry. Mm-hmm. So like they're on the boat hauling nets in all day and doing stuff like that. Yeah. Or like in Crete, a lot of them are shepherds. So like they're just walking all day. You know, I've heard I've heard that too. The pescatarian diet and you know just eating fish and uh, and vegetables are it's very good for you, and it makes sense why those people definitely live longer. Um, and I mean, I mean, if you're if you're living a very holistic lifestyle and you're not filling your body with toxic shit, and I mean, you guys know what it is. Like you can't you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Um, you guys know what it is, and it comes down to you know how often are you doing it. I'm not saying it's it's bad to have a slice of cake or you know have one of your favorite bags of chips every once in a while, but if you're doing it every day, you got to know that it's eventually going to catch up to you, and you don't want to hit forty or fifty years old and and have all these problems. You definitely want to hit that age and still feel very healthy. Um, and it's just just building the the blocks now and building that foundation. And it's difficult because we're, you know, especially a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are probably a younger audience. And, um, you know, we're in areas where the influence of this stuff is um, is out there and it's, and it's really hard to get around. So, you know, I don't blame you, but really focus on the things that you know you can improve upon when it comes to your diet and fix them up. Because I can tell you one thing. Once you do, you're going to feel so much better. Like I guarantee there's some people that listen to this and they're like, oh, I wake up most mornings with a stomach ache or, you know, I go throughout the day and I have a stomach ache or maybe I'm shitting too much. You know, that that is due to your diet and that's fixable and that's in your control. So figure it out, man. Figure it out. Oh, yeah, I know. So I do. I remember what I was going to say. <clears throat> um, get back. Get back. So you got to think of it. It's an analogy for you. Imagine your body is like a high-performance sports car, right? So you're a Lamborghini, you know, thing goes 200 miles an hour. It's mm-hmm. that machine. Um, but if you put some low-octane bullshit fuel in it, like you go to the pump and you're putting in 87, you should be putting in 91. Yeah. Like the cleanest burning fuel. It's never going to perform to its maximum potential. Like you got to be – think of your car yeah. as the thing. You got to put the best fuel in it. Yeah. Always. Yeah. That's funny, actually, because um, in the podcast yesterday, we were talking about, um, you know, the governor in cars and how that's relatable to, like, the governor in your own mind. And, you know, how, like, cars are cars are maxed out at a certain speed because of the governor that's put in their car, right? It, it tells the car it can't go any faster than this. But once you remove that governor, you can technically go as fast as you want until the car breaks down. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a great metaphor. I mean, cause like, yeah, you're going to, you have to fuel your body with the stuff that's going to, to make your perform at the highest rate. And then also to, you know, add to the metaphor I talked about yesterday, you gotta be able to either control that governor or rip it the fuck out and, you know, go out of your comfort zone and be able to not only fuel your body with the right stuff, but tell your, tell your body that you're doing a good job. So that way it keeps going and it doesn't stop and it can excel the the limit you thought it was you know capable of in the first place. You know that's a big thing when it comes to when it comes to training for something hard. So any folks out there that are training for something, um, you know, fueling your body and mind with positive things is the the key to being a high performance athlete. Being able to 
day in, day out, train and be successful and see the results. And, you know, it's, it sounds simple, which it is, but, you know, the back end of things is difficult because you got to remove certain shit from your, from your life to, uh, to get it fixed and to get it, uh, to get it moving in the right direction. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> but, you know, the, there was one other thing I kind of wanted to talk about in the podcast today. I'll keep it short so we don't have to take up too much time. And time is actually what I wanted to talk about. You know, I feel like a lot of folks in our generation, um, especially, don't really value time and or in their day, in their week, in their month, in the year. And I think it's really key to, you know, I'm not saying have a regimented every 15 minutes of the day schedule like I do. I'm a little bit of a nutcase when it comes to that um, because I just like getting shit done and not missing anything. But I think it's important to allocate your time in the day to things that are going to improve you. You know, don't don't use your time doing meaningless, meaningless shit. Like don't, uh, I mean, let's say you have four or five things to do in the day and you get two done because the other three hours of the day that you have to do the other three items, you're just sitting on the couch watching a television show. I get it, man. Watching TV is fun, but do that after you get everything done. So at least that way you're going to feel fulfilled at the end of the day. Um, because the biggest thing is, you know, it, it sounds stupid and cliche and hippie, but, you know, you don't know what yesterday or what tomorrow is going to bring. So you might as well make the most of the day you have right now um, because tomorrow is uncertain. And, you know, it just it just makes sense because you're not going to get today back. So you might as well do your absolute best and um, and see what happens. And if it doesn't go your way, fuck it. You got tomorrow. So that's the kind of the way you got to look at it. Or maybe you don't have tomorrow. So make today work, you know. Um, but I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big stickler on people creating value out of the time they have. And, you know, for me, that's a number of things. But, I mean, what do you think, Nate? I think that oh, one thing that used to fucking bother the shit on me when I was in the military is um, they have it's, everything is so regimented. It's like you were talking about. It's like. They have the, every day they read out, you read this thing in the morning. It's called the POD plan of the day. Yeah. So it literally has everything listed out, like what you're going to be doing that day. Like, yeah. Um, if there's like evolutions, um, which are like exercises they call them in the Navy, um, you know, that you're going to be doing that day. So, like, every day there's cleaning stations from eight to nine. And then you, if you're a part of this um, team, then you have to be somewhere at 11. And then there's, second quarters at 1230 and then the end of the day is supposed to be like 1630s and 430 for all you um 12 hour clock people yeah i'm um, stupid but um so that always drove me crazy but looking back on it uh when i got out of that it kind of you know you just you think oh you get done with work during the day and then you're like what the fuck am i gonna do so like mm-hmm. planning your day out is uh a routine and there's comfort in that and also think like a sense of stability yeah right you probably felt good at the end of the day when you got all that shit done yeah know? and then like they actually were talking about this i don't know if you got this far in the joe the joe Rogan jordan peterson mm. podcast he's talking about how there's no true freedom without structure um so like yeah. they talk about that's good if you just tell anyone like you can do whatever you want they'll just not do anything because they don't they need someone to tell them what to do. It's like an exercise of free will. Maybe there's no such thing as free will. Mm. That's a whole nother, you know, wormhole. 
But I feel like people want that sense of guidance in their life. But you can do that yourself. You just need a plan. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, I, I create my schedule every week on, on Sundays. And, you know, it's pretty in-depth. It gives me a bit of anxiety going into the week. But, you know, at the end of each day, I definitely feel very fulfilled knowing that I got done the majority of my tasks. Um, and it feels good because I know I didn't waste time in the day. I, I got shit done and it was meaningful and um, it excites me for the next day. But anyways, guys, you know how I love to end these podcasts. We're not going to take too much of your time. But Nate, what are two things you're grateful for? Two things you're excited about? One thing you're proud of? It's tough. I, I know. I always think, don't think about it until it's, yes. Um, two things I'm grateful for. Um, working out, I will say, exercise. Today I ran that 530 mile disc. Like, I didn't even yeah. have the juice like that. Yeah, right. Here we go. Still got it. Still, Still got, got a little bit. I was like, oh, I was fucking dying. People <laughs> looking at me like it's crazy. But yeah, I'm mean, grateful I got that done at least and uh, that my body's not completely shot. But um, the other thing I'd say I'm grateful for is this little conference room that we're filming this podcast. Yeah, this thing's sweet, man. We're not yeah. going to tell you guys where the conference room's at, but we have a nice little conference room. And no car noise in the background, pretty quiet. Yeah, it's yeah. sick. So shouts out to Varun for telling us where it was. <laughs> yeah, um, shout out. Two things I'm excited for. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up. That's one of my favorite holidays, yep. as stupid as it sounds, but I'm feeling the love, man. Feeling so the love. I love that. Um, love to Valentine's Day is good. Also, I'm excited for warmer weather. I know February is like traditionally the coolest month of the year, but then you got March around the corner, and then we're going to be kicking off mowing season, so it's going to be time to start fucking going hard, making some money, yep. getting the business going, getting the word out. And then one thing I'm proud of uh, – Proud of my friends, Ryan Mango. Shouts out! He's getting married on the twelfth. Hey, in North Carolina, and uh, so yeah, I've known Ryan since like 2017, and he's uh, I can't actually say where he's at because he's part of Marine Special Forces. Oh shit! So yeah, keep that one quiet. Yeah, but he's out there. So (laughs) sweet. Well, I love it, man. I love it. Well, you guys know me. I'm always grateful for a ton of shit, but. The big thing I'm grateful for right now is, um, you know, just all the opportunities that, you know, this town brings. A lot of people neglect the, you know, college atmosphere and the university atmosphere. There's a lot of great people you can meet and a lot of connections that you can create that are going to propel you in the right direction. So I'm just super grateful for all the opportunities. I mean, even even the gym, being able to go to the rec and get my training in is perfect. I got a really great facility. Um, so yeah, just a ton of, ton of great things come from, come from being down here in Iowa, um, in Iowa city. So yeah, very grateful for Iowa city in general. I mean, it's done a lot of great stuff for us. Another thing I'm grateful for, um, is my dad. I was just talking to him today. We haven't uh, had a conversation in a while and we were just kind of catching up on things. And, um, I mean, he's doing some crazy shit. My dad's always been a guy that's preparing for, you know, like a an imminent threat. That's always how he's been. I mean, he grew up in a in a different world than we did, and not in the U.S. So he's he's a funny guy, but he was kind of updating me on you know all of his preparations just in case we go into a World War Three here. So awesome! I love him. He's very funny, and he 
he boosts my mood when I do talk to him. So uh, yeah, very grateful for my dad. Um, excited about, man, I'm excited about Omni. We got, we got a massive um, event going on, getting closer to the end of February here, where we're going down to Atlanta. And uh, we're actually one of the keynote speakers down there this year. So it's gonna be fantastic to get in front of the whole, you know, retail space and really talk shop and tell them what we do. Excited for the next two months. We got we got two months of hardcore training, and then the last month in May, we're gonna kind of take it easy, but just kind of mentally and physically prepare in in a in a less intense way. Um, and then one thing I'm proud of. You know, it sounds stupid, and you, I might sound like a douchebag, but I'm proud of myself, man. Um, I think I talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, but last week was a 450-mile endurance week. So I'm just super pumped that, you know, I'm able, I'm capable to do that, and I'm still capable to work out this week and started off strong. So other than that, that is uh, all she wrote, guys. That's all I got for you. And um, thanks, Nate, for coming on today. Of course. And uh, yeah, we will catch you guys on the flip, which would be tomorrow. So peace out, have a fantastic Tuesday, and we'll see you on the Wednesday. Peace.